Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us is Jayan Pandari, the host of the highly acclaimed Capitalism and Morality and a prominent sought-out advisor to institutional investors. Mr. Bandari, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Maurice. Giant, when we last spoke in August, you conveyed your concerns regarding the future of the third world, which was a fantastic interview in which you highlighted your concerns about the third world. Giant, you make the bifurcation between the third world economies and emerging markets. For someone new to the conversation, please share the distinction. Sometime during the late 1980s or early 1990s, people changed the name of the third world countries into emerging markets. They started to think that something significant has shifted among these countries, which in their mind meant that the third world countries were no longer third world countries and they were emerging markets. The reality, Maurice, is that nothing that they think might have changed has actually changed in these countries. The only exception I make from the third world countries is China. But apart from China, the third world countries were third world countries. They are third world countries. And every sign is that they will continue to be third world countries. They are mostly tribal, superstitious, and irrational societies where the concept of reason hasn't really made any impact. And that is why these third world countries will continue to be third world countries. And that can happen despite that economic progress is happening in these countries. But economic progress without an enlightenment happening in the society is actually a very dangerous cocktail, which is the reason why instead of being optimistic and euphoric about the third world countries, I'm extremely pessimistic and is scared about the future of the third world countries. You know, Giant, you and I were talking offline about some of the virtues that you do see in East Asia. And I want to focus our discussion there today. You know, all too often when we hear discussions about Eastern Asia, they're almost always centric to China. But is China really the leader or the follower? Well, China is a follower, but it's a very good follower. Um, Maurice, we often blame China for copying things. They copy this technology, they copied this patent or this copyright. The reality is that if copying were really all that easy, the Middle East and Africa and Latin America would have done exactly the same. Copying requires a huge amount of creativity and entrepreneurial spirit. Now, China has in the recent past followed Korea and China uh, and Japan while they would very likely not admit to that. And Maurice, I have recently been back from Japan. Uh, Japan is another one of the countries that is not liked by a lot of intellectuals. For whatever reason, a lot of intellectuals, whether they are on the left or whether they are on the right, do not like East Asia. They try to cherry pick problems from these societies. In my view, 
the future of humanity is in east asia japan by far in my view is the best society in the world today now john i just want to pause there for a second that was a very powerful statement you just made there the future of humanity lies in east uh, asia that's that's right uh, maurice the kind of changes that i see happening in china and the kind of peace security that prevails in korea and japan is unparalleled in the world now i know there's a risk of north korea there there i'm talking about peace within these societies the almost complete lack of violence preoccupation of law of order rule of law in these countries is just very very different from what exists outside these countries outside uh, other countries in the world now let's talk about korea you mentioned them how do they factor into this discussion so what happened uh, basically is that japan became a very developed country korea and china have followed japanese culture japanese music japanese technologies and there has been a huge amount of investment of korean taiwanese and japanese companies into china this is where these three countries work together they have a very strong confucius culture there is often a blame imposed on these countries that they are not creative now i go to china very often maurice and one thing surprising has caught my eyes you can go to smaller cities in china today and you will find three of three or four stories bookshops books selling original books written in chinese now you go to any other third world countries and you won't find that i haven't seen that in latin america i haven't seen it anywhere in the middle east or in south south asia this is uniquely a chinese thing you look at japan you travel in subways when you travel in subways in the metros in japan you don't hear any noise people don't talk with each other they don't use their cell phones they are so conscious of civility they are so conscious of other people they are so mindful of other people they, that they make sure that even in crowded spaces they pay enough respect to other people this is so unique about east asia now let's talk about china here how does it fit into this narrative so what is happening in my view is that people focus too much on on the government that rules china i have talked with you many times in the past giving my opinion on on what democracies mean you see democracy in action in venezuela brazil pakistan bangladesh myanmar you can go on and on democracy has been an unmitigated disaster in the world but because democracy is a religion in the west people want to impose what their views on what non democratic societies must be on china now the reality is that china in my view is progressing not only economically but culturally 
and this cultural renaissance that is happening in china is the is what will underpin the future progress of of china and this is why i think there is the future of humanity is in china now how is china doing things china looks up to what koreans and japanese do so youngsters in china follow what is called k pop korean pop pop music and j pop japanese popular music they watch japanese and korean shows on their tvs now the reality is that uh, a lot of other people look up to europe and america chinese and koreans in many many ways look up to Jap- japan not to the west and they are picking up good qualities of japanese cultures the quality of mindfulness which i just described the quality of being honest uh, you can leave a bike you don't lock a bike in japan anywhere if you have a 16 year old daughter you would not worry about her when she goes out at 2 o'clock in the night even if she decides to walk around the areas run by the ma- japanese mafia this is how safe japan is and these are the good qualities of japan that korea has copied and koreans might not like my saying that but this is a good thing that they have done and this is what chinese are copying they're copying good things from korea and japan if you look at what's happening in latin america and south africa and south asia this isn't what's happening they have mostly copied bad stuff from the western society how does china and its procurement of gold influence this discussion china was a very closed economy almost completely closed until the 80s chinese are not internationalized maurice you, we see a lot of chinese tourists and a chinese local residents in the western countries today but m- virtually all of these chinese have migrated to to the west in the last one or two decades chinese are among the least internationalized people in terms of population and in terms of international diversification of money when chinese are buying gold they are pretty much buying gold for the first time they did not have gold in the past so this is an a diversification china diversifying their wealth outside china and chinese are trying to buy properties and move out of china as well which is a very natural process so i don't correlate the reason why they are doing all these things necessarily with a possible collapse of china which is what a lot of people in the international media assume is going to happen in china now that might happen i'm not saying it can't happen but china is is still more than 95% han people it's a very stable jurisdiction in many ways and so is the case with korea and japan again i'll repeat myself i see the future of humanity in east asia switching gears onto issuers giant are there any arbitrage opportunities that have your attention at the moment uh, nothing in terms of arbitrage uh, maurice but uh, i was recently in japan uh, visiting the uh, the projects of erving resources 
the ticker is IRV. Uh, and this is a company run by a Japanese-Canadian lady, Akiko Levinson. Uh, and uh, she did a fabulous job in Canada running a company in Canada. And now she is trying to develop projects in Japan after she tried developing projects in Africa. Uh, in my view, uh, she has fabulous projects in Japan. Uh, and the next four or five winter months are not likely going to be months when they will do news releases. So this might be an opportunity for those who are interested in this company to pick up some shares. And before we close, can you please share where and when you'll be speaking next? I'm speaking at uh, Minds and Money in London, uh, and that will be end of November 2017. And Giant, if someone listening wants to get more information about your work, please share the website. Uh, GiantBhandari.com. Everything I do goes on that website. And can you give us an update as well on the dates for capitalism and morality? So Capitalism and Morality is a philosophical seminar that I have run for the last eight or nine years, uh, Maurice, and it will be held on the 21st of July, 2017, in downtown campus of Simon Fraser University in Vancouver, Canada. I had an amazing experience the last two years, and I'm looking forward to attending again this year. So thank you for sharing that as well. And we will love to have you there, Maurice. <laughs> Look forward to it. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Giant Bandari, the host of Capitalism and Morality, thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Maurice. All the best, sir. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.